Hello everyone and welcome to Copious Content Episode 2. Today we'll be talking about 310 to Yuma, which is a action western originally written in 1953 by Elmore Leonard. It was adapted into a film in 1957, earning itself a 97 on Rotten Tomatoes. However, the 310 to Yuma film we are talking about today was released on September 7, 2007. This film got a 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, and some important actors are Russell Crowe as Ben Wade, Ben Foster as Charlie Prince, Logan Lerman as William Evans, Alan Tudyk as Doc Potter, and Kevin Durant as Tucker, and Christian Bale as Dan Evans. So I guess to start off this movie... We are introduced to the main character, Dan Evans, and he's just poor guy, farmer, and the movie starts off with the his barn actually being burned down. So, any thoughts on... Well, yeah. So, first of all, throughout, throughout this movie, there's great music, but right away, the intro of this film great music i love that i mean it's that was the hook for me honestly was was the music right away you know that soundtrack Mm -hmm. that theme you hear it a few times and that was really good and then yeah the immediate action and conflict with dan's burning barn that he runs out and he's trying to save and get things out of there because, you know, he is a poor farmer in the West, like you said, which is mm-hmm. an extremely hard profession. And, you know, you can tell in about 20 seconds, he doesn't have very much money. So his barn burning down and having all of his livestock in there and horse saddles and everything, he's trying to get everything out that he can. Yeah. He money. So that was another hook, like the music right away in the intro and then the action and with the burning barn i was immediately drawn into this film the first time i saw it of course, yeah. and i am every single time i watch it and of course there's the slight introduction to the at least beginning antagonist or at least someone that you'd see as going in to be the antagonist um tucker right yeah uh, yeah. not the main antagonist. No. Definitely a character that I think is mutually disliked by not a protagonist. every person watching. Yeah. And every person that's in the group too. No one likes Tucker. Yeah. Uh, one thing before we get too far, uh, I just wanted to point out the director of this film is James Mangold, who I think is a great director uh, some other movies he's done are uh, ford versus ferrari he did logan he did the wolverine night and day and then uh, his upcoming movie is going to be indiana jones 5 so he's taking from steven spielberg oh wow big shoes to fill oh yeah. Oh, yeah definitely but if uh the other movies all the movies I mentioned are any idea of how it's going to be. I think it's going to be really well done. Yeah, I'd have yeah, to agree with that. Those movies are pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, this one's great. Ford versus Ferrari, I'm pretty sure 
won a few Oscars or and was yeah. nominated for more and then um, Logan as well. Didn't Logan win an Oscar and pretty tough for superhero movies to even get nominated. I know, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, big shoes to fill, but I think, you know, out of the few names I would pick to to take over for Steven Spielberg, I think James Mangold would be a would good be one. So why don't we move on to the next scene if you guys are all done with the beginning barn. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. The, you mean the stagecoach robbery? Yeah, the stagecoach yeah. robbery. Yeah, the only other thing prior to that was um, just a note that they are going to sell Dan's land to the mm-hmm. railroad. You know, they say that when they're burning his barn. And we hear a little bit later that they want sell it to the railroad because it's worth more without Dan and his family on it just because that's what's happening at the time so I thought that was a good historical note they put in the movie mm-hmm. that yeah. the railroad is coming and a lot of people were removed from their land for that purpose so for the drive nice. to go west exactly exactly so that was nice a little bit of a actual history in there and Tucker works for the railroad company does Tucker? No. I wasn't positive who Tucker works for. Pretty sure. It, they it might say, but country. he is in close re- relation to the railroad, to the railroad and the yeah. sheriff in the town. So. Right. Yeah, I think he. I don't know if he necessarily works for the railroad, but there's a. I think it's the landowner, like the guy who owns Dan's land wants to sell that to the railroad which will make him more money and tucker works for that person okay so it's not for the railroad oh yeah yeah it's for the person who owns the land that dan is on and that's why they burn his barn down yeah and they're trying to drive him off the land basically so they can sell it to the railroad because they know it'll make them more money that's what he tells dan a little bit later in the movie we get to that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, because in, in the beginning part, he's actually talking with his wife and t- mentions about how he paid off all of their debts, but now they owe more due to the fact that he has to pay for water, food, cattle, and right. all that. Because of the drought. Yeah. Yes. Plus the drought. Yes. But, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm ready to move on. Oh, yeah. The stage so, coach robbery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the, honestly, Probably one of my favorite scenes, just do the fact like the introduction and then I don't know just the the gallon gone the stagecoach, yeah, and just all the action happening. Oh, it's definitely a great great action scene. Uh, I did have another bit of a little history there. You know, they, I think they sneak some actual historical backs into this movie which is nice so we see the pinkertons on the stagecoach they're the ones protecting this coach and so i looked into the pinkerton and i found out about the pinkerton national detective agency and they were founded in chicago in 1850 as a private police force Uh, the pinkerton companies still exist today as a personal security and risk management firm so just thought that was interesting 
definitely that's cool yeah i had no idea that they were still a thing nowadays yeah you know me neither you know just uh was kind of looking at behind this just honestly did a quick search of the name and found that out pretty quick so that was good to learn about i like that the movie actually put the real organization in here instead of just you know a badge that said sheriff because if, even if you yeah. look down to the small details they uh have a close-up shot of one of the pinkertons then it does say pinkerton detective agency on his badge oh wow, wow that's really okay cool. that's cool yeah, so right. I guess I just want to mention, like, in the in the stagecoach robbery, uh, I did watch that video that, that you sent, and mm. it was really cool because yeah. there's some there's some other stuff that I want to talk about like later on, but right now they mentioned how it was really difficult to flip over the stagecoach yeah. during that like whole process or whatever, and also blowing up the stagecoach when they're trying to break in install the cash so yeah it was really cool to see like how they did it what they did and just how troublesome it actually was for such for such a simple or what we think would be a simple thing to do with the whole track system definitely takes a lot of engineering work yeah and from what I've known, there's not a lot of movies that flip a stagecoach like that. So, of no, course, that, they mention how they can flip cars, and right. it's probably the same gist of it, but not exactly the same to the point where you could copy it. Right. Right. Yeah, and something else about the this scene, specifically the stagecoach flip. Uh, so, in that video as well, uh, one of the... S- stuntman or props master i believe he talks about how they had a working gatlin gun from 1874 that cost fifty thousand dollars that was originally on the coach but when they did the flip obviously they wouldn't want to flip a stagecoach over with a fifty thousand dollar gun on it yeah there's so they they switched that out for a rubber gun when doing that scene which was good uh, not even just for the cost, but just to preserve something that old, you know. You don't yeah. Ruin that for a movie. <laughs> so that was nice that they respected it. Didn't just call it a prop. Yeah, the prop was the rubber one that was yeah, destroyed. Exactly. Yeah, that one was obviously <laughs> just destroyed once it flipped. So that was good, and that was interesting and crazy that they even got a working Gatling gun from 1874. Yeah. But another thing about this scene uh, that I noticed a little bit before the robbery starts and also during the robbery where there was amazing landscape shots and just great camera and stunt work throughout this scene, throughout the movie in, t- in its entirety. But really, this scene, I-, I noticed that right away. As well. I think the... Yeah. Um introduction ben like the kind of introduction of ben wade um before the like before it all goes down with the stagecoach when he's up um sketching the uh bird the bird i don't i don't remember what kind it was um but it kind of shows that he's 
not the stereo he doesn't show like start out as the stereotypical ruthless uh posse gang leader yeah gang leader back in the wild west that you always hear about it showed that he kind of has like a um like an artistic side that usually you probably wouldn't see in some other western movie with the main antagonist supposedly being the gang member gang leader (laughs) he's just like an actual intelligent person probably has some other side to him other than just a robbing and killing outlaw and then of course once it happens and then there's the um pinkerton that pretends to be dead in the stagecoach he then ben wade then kills him and kills his um one of his posse members so then that kind of also makes you realize okay this guy's not just all sensitive this this is a a ruth this is still a ruthless guy pretty much ruthless yeah exactly i think they show that you know maybe ben wade isn't like the rest of his gang members he's not all bad entirely and isn't just about stealing and killing but he'll still do what needs to be done he's not against it but it seems like his you know the other members of his gang enjoy it in a way i don't think ben wade likes doing it he's just a leader of a gang and that's the profession he chose Mm -hmm. so it makes him seem a little more redeemable than the other members yeah 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 Something else I was thinking of was just in general, the costume designers did a really wonderful job, um, especially differentiating how much money people have in the film. You know, if you look, you can tell which one, who's a rancher, who's a gang member, who's a Pinkerton, you know, especially with, if you look at Ben Wade's outfit, it's very extravagant, all black. He's got a pretty nice looking suit that looks like he spent a lot of money on it. And then you see Dan Evans who just has the standard rancher outfit, all brown, you know, tattered, worn looking clothing. His hat's kind of like flimsy. and Yeah, his hat's pretty flimsy. Ben Wade looks like he has a brand new hat or (laughs) has it cleaned every day or something professionally. Uh, There are weapons too. You know, you see you see Dan, I believe he has a repeater, and it looks like the same idea, pretty worn down. And then, uh, obviously, Ben Wade's pistols are very, or pistol is a very prominent part of the film, and, you know, it has a name. I know later they reference that, which I'll, I'll mention, but he just looks like it's a very customized pistol that he paid a lot of money for, and Dan has the most standard pistol and weapons you can get at the time. Probably the cheapest thing, too. Mm-hmm. So they did a good job there, just differentiating how much money people have and what kind of role they are. Yes, the kind of role they play in the society. Exactly. And even back at this stage, he lets um, Byron, the, the Pinkerton that's 
in there for the rest of the movie. Well, pretty much for the rest of the movie. Uh, he lets him live, kind of, with a gut shot. So, like, suffer and die, but... Right. But it's Charlie Prince who shoots him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, Ben Wade just uh, doesn't leaving. finish him off. <laughs> yeah, right. So there's some... I mean, I don't know. Do we call that mercy? I don't know. Or was he just going to leave him there to suffer? I think mercy is he if he shot definitely him. definitely just leaving him to yeah, suffer, I, honestly. I, yeah. I think mercy. Well, it's because also he probably was leaving there to suffer because later on he he knows who that guy is and he knows all the terrible things that Byron's done. Yeah. Uh, so he was pro- probably honestly thinking that it was well-deserved that he just dies out in the, with a gut shot out in the... Right. Open, That's what yeah. I was going to mention was Ben Wade knows Byron. We learn about that later. He doesn't like him. And that's something, you know, we'll get into that more. Mm-hmm. But Ben Wade, overall, he seems like a good judge of character. He has morals. Funnily enough, you know, he's a he's <laughs> in ruthless. the eyes of the law. He's a bad person. And he does. He's a killer. He's a robber. But mm-hmm. he still has a good judge of character on who's bad and who's good at heart. Because I mean, usually he only wants to kill bad people. It's yeah. kind of what we find out. Because By- Byron is technically what he does is is legal. Uh, back then, I don't know if he did, what he did back then would it wouldn't be legal now. But no. <laughs> but back then it was deemed as okay as long as it was for like the. I don't know, right. what would you call it, like, this the good, a, well, the good for, like, the, the government, I don't know, not the government, but, right. like, well, good for that hired. area. Yeah. He to do it. He wasn't Which... just out there robbing people. No, no, like, Ben Wade, he's, like, kind of, like, just robbing things, and it's on his own, it's of his own interest, where Byron, he's still a terrible person, mm-hmm. but he was paid like someone hired him to do a job and he just did it yeah so in theory it was legal it's still not right though yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah and I, I know ben wade's kind of um i know in the book uh and even in the movie he's kind of written as like a almost like a robin hood type character but he's not really like giving to the poor but he still is like stealing from the, from the rich corrupt rich just yeah yeah because to go back to like what you said, Matthew, about how kind of like Ben Wade is just some guy who robs bad people where the Pinkertons back then, especially, I don't know about now, obviously, but back then the Pinkertons weren't exactly the best people. Right. Kind of just. And I don't think that, I don't yeah. remember any part where Ben Wade was just gunning down random c- civilians in a city. I know. um no. I know Charlie did, Charlie and other gang it. members did, but yeah. I don't remember a, a scene where Ben Wade did that. Yeah, so he you know, he, uh, he doesn't kill just to kill; he kills no. people when he kind of like deems it right. Right. Exactly. You know, he or to set he, an example, like when he killed right. um one of his posse members. Yeah. But yeah, that and that's the thing. I think early on they tried. And do a good job of differentiating Ben Wade from the rest of his gang. Is he's still a killer, but all of them are just ruthless killers who don't 
care about anybody else. Like, they'll kill whoever they want to or need to for no reason. I think they show pretty early on that Ben Wade's not just going to go around just to do it. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a reason behind it. And again, that that's still not good, but usually his reasons are at least somewhat sound of, mm-hmm. well, they weren't necessarily a good person who he killed. So is he good? No. But he's he's only killing people he knows are also bad. Yeah. Yeah. We're hurting other people. Mm-hmm. So, it's a good differentiation there. Um, kind of has, like, a journey through the whole yeah. movie till like, literally the end. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, you guys want to move on to, I guess, Back not, like, the... Yeah, kind of Or in the town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even then, like... We can talk about like how what Dan Evans he he goes into town to talk with the sheriff and the railroad company, right? Oh, he goes to talk to Tucker's his... boss, which is yeah, I think the his landowner. Name is Hollander. Hollander. He's he's Dan's landowner. Yeah. So he's gonna sell Dan's land to the railroad because the railroad is expanding and it wants to build track through Dan's land. Mm-hmm. And so I think during that conversation, Hollander tells Dan that the land is worth more with you off of it. The railroad's coming, and yeah. you can't stop that. So, And that's also a central part of this movie is the railroad, you know, the 310 to Yuma train that they're going to put Ben Wade on to take him to prison. That's So to the Wade. railroad is a huge part of this. Yeah, and as much as it like, there's kind of that duality there. That the railroad is causing an issue for Ben Wade because it's going to take him to prison to be hung, and it's causing an issue for Dan because they want to go through his land to build the railroad. So, yeah, in a different way, his livelihood also end because that's the only land he has, and he's a struggling, mm-hmm. so he has nothing else. And of course, he only is going to deliver ben wade to get money in order to pay for um yeah all his dues all his debt all of it pay for water and everything right exactly because um wasn't it his water was being um like blocked from him because it went through yeah it went through his land first so he can like dam it up yep yeah he told him that too I believe in the same conversation, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. tells Dan that water will touch my land. Water touches yours. Yeah. yeah. So it's another person we immediately don't really like. Yeah. Hollander and Tucker. Yeah, yeah. Like right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, I think the scene when um, it's still in the town when um Charlie takes the drunk's uh coat. And then takes his own hat and uh, punches the top out. Right. And then goes up to the sheriff and puts on, like, his, I don't know, like, meek, meek-sounding voice to right. tell him that he saw a stagecoach about 10 miles back getting held up, I think he said. Yeah. He does, yeah. It was. It, it kind of shows that uh, 
yeah, he does. He is definitely a guy that just he kills for fun, but he's not like aimlessly going around with no plan. Like this is no. this thing is well thought out. Right. You know, they thought this out, and he got all of the. <laughs> all the sheriffs, all the lawmen out of the town so the gang could just go drink at the bar and yeah. nobody would notice it. Nobody would do anything. Yeah. And they would have to ride all the way out to the coach wreck to find out and come back. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, yeah, go ahead. Um, he also is just... He doesn't even... He doesn't even... Like, he knows that he is better more like more skilled and not just not like gunfighting wise but like maybe even like mentally wise more skilled because he just walked straight into the sheriff's station after he he just did that and they know about the gang like they're not some new gang right of course i guess they wouldn't really expect it but they know what ben wade looks like so there isn't anything that says like they don't know what they look like but there's of course a chance they don't but right. it, it I mean, kind of shows that they that, have their guard down. Right. You know, and at that time, it's not like they're going to have some sketch artist for every single gang yeah. that's out there. So they're not going to know every gang member what they look like. And I think that's what they imply is they know what Ben Wade looks like because he's the leader of the gang. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure other members of the gang die or leave or go to prison. So it changes a lot. Yeah, but Ben Wade's the leader, so that's kind of the one that they're looking for and would want to remember mm-hmm. what they would look like. And in theory, they're probably thinking, oh, if we get Ben Wade, he's the leader of the gang. So then yeah. the rest of the gang will stop doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's probably their idea but behind even, it. Yeah, so. yeah. But even right, it, they walk right past him. I mean, exactly. he, he of course like leans up against the wall, but he doesn't change his appearance at all. He doesn't... Right. He doesn't even take his... I don't even think he takes his hat off. (laughs) No. You know, and Charlie Prince, of course, we see him. He flips his hat inside out. And he grabs Grabs a random rancher's coat. So he doesn't look like a gang member. He looks like he's poor. Yeah, yeah. And in his work, he put a disguise on. But, you know, I think that's just to show. They were so caught up with thinking Ben Wade was out there. They didn't even so they think. didn't even pay attention that he was standing in their town. Yeah. And they took all the oh, law the enforcement street. with them. Yeah. They, they, did. <laughs> they, and they didn't like leave a deputy behind. So right. then right when they left, the whole the whole gang just like takes over right. the town kinda. They just go do whatever they want. Exactly. No I mean, one's you know, gonna I stop think them. you hear the name Ben Wade held up your coach that you just spent so much money on. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so you send everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh and um you know so that, that's moment. just caught up didn't pay attention dropped your guard almost because you know and, and i think like they dropped their guard in the beginning because they thought you know you hear them talking and they think that the pinkertons are so good at what they do that there's no chance this coach will get robbed and it shouldn't have i mean it had however many pinkertons they hired an armored coach with a gatlin gun there's no way yeah and it did but i mean even the even the same scene don't they i think they mentioned it was um i can't remember the exact number but i think it was it was either 20 or 21 times the last 21 times or something so it's like after that it's like 
not yeah. not fool me once, shame on you. Right. It's it's fool me twenty one times. It's definitely shame right. on you. Yeah, I remember it's the character of Mr. Butter- Butterfield. Yeah, he works for the railroad, and uh, he's you know the railroad is bankrolling the Pinkertons to try to protect these coaches. And I think, yeah, Charlie Prince says it was Ben Wade who robbed it. And then someone, one of the sheriffs asked, how do you know it was Wade? And yeah, Mr. Butter, Butterfield says it's been him the last 21. Yeah. It's him. So it's. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of so, just yeah. stupidity on that. They're all in a way of neg- negligence. On this. Another funny line um, from Charlie Prince in this when he's kind of playing that coy type of playing a rancher role mm-hmm. like he he's just afraid and didn't know what to do uh, i remember the marshal asking him why didn't you do anything <laughs> and, and charlie yeah. prince replies they got a lot of they had a lot of guns and they were shooting bullets yeah that was pretty pretty funny yeah <laughs> that definitely adds another like unassuming layer yeah <laughs> I mean, you know, Charlie Prince has that, um, you, you know, you don't like him, he's a villain, but he says some pretty funny one-liners. Yeah. He's got that wit to him. He so played the role like very that. well. Yeah, he, the actor did, did a great job of mm-hmm. delivery of the lines. Um, something else I noticed, or two other things I noticed in this uh, scene during this conversation, actually a few more things was, Mr. Butterfield, who works for the railroad, we see a Southern Pacific Railroad insignia on his pocket watch. So the history behind that, that began in 1865, and that operates today as the Union Pacific Railroad, so still going as well, just like the Pinkerton Agency is. Uh, again, attention to detail in this film was, was great. Um, Mr. Butterfield also says... Something along the lines of how they pay Pinkertons eighteen dollars a day. That was just interesting to think of the. That's a crazy difference. Amount. I mean, for that time, that's crazy. I don't even make that's... that much now. <laughs> yeah, so they got I... eighteen eighteen a day, eighteen dollars. Yeah, day. I, I think for for reference point, I'm I'm pretty sure um Dan said he made yeah. uh, later on. He said he made like two dollars a day. Yeah, two dollars so so to get if, paid 18 a day is crazy if you can if conditions right and there's no drought if you can survive with your ranch on two dollars a day yeah those pinkertons are living well they of course it's risky as you can it's see a dangerous died. <laughs> yeah, yeah a lot of them i think only i mean the only the one lived, lived out of all yeah, of them till later so, yeah till later and then another thing in that in that conversation remember one of the marshals asked about asked Charlie Prince. He asked him about Ben Wade's pistol. He says, "Did you see his pistol? Did you see the hand of God?" So mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty crazy that Ben Wade is that well known and that much of a legend that it, even his pistol has a name. And that was a pretty pretty cool name, actually, the hand of God. For a, it just sets it up right away that this is a legendary outlaw that even people in this tiny little town that 
Dan Evans lives in knows Ben Wade and knows the name Pistol and are asking about it. Like, he's a legend, you know? Yeah. yeah. He's a famous outlaw. Yeah. <laughs> or infamous, exactly. I guess. That was pretty, pretty cool that the marshal asked that and they threw that line. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, before we get, like, too far in this, like, town part, I just want to mention how, uh, the, like, behind-the-scenes video that, that you mm-hmm. sent us, it mentioned how the town was like a really old shooting area for like old western movies yeah and so to do this movie they basically redid the exterior and interiors of basically every single building in that town right so i believe it was i believe it was a pretty small like area like only like three blocks or whatever right i I mean yeah but they but they did like they just did everything, like they, yeah. they just re- redid everything. I should say. Yeah, they Nick. refurbished this entire uh-huh. town. So I know this is this is the town of Bisbee. This yeah. is where we start. Bisbee. We start in Bisbee, and yeah, this was an old west town that was basically falling apart, and the crew went in and completely refurbished everything. And then uh, I'll touch on it a little bit later. There's. There's four major set locations in this movie, and they actually they refurbished Bisbee, and a set later on in the film, Contention, where the train, the 310 to Yuma train leaves from to take Fenway to prison, they completely built, built that. Contention from scratch. There was nothing there. And the railroad, too. The railroad too. They uh, yeah. The, it it wasn't a very long one though, but it was they... pretty short. But yeah, they in that same little documentary sent you both. Mm-hmm. Uh, they there's only they. I remember they said there's only two working trains in Hollywood, and one of them kind of just you know has the steam smokestack work, but doesn't actually move. So they have the one working steam engine that Hollywood has. They have it in this movie. And they had to build an entire track for it to roll down and, you know, do everything with it to make it work. So definitely a huge budget right away, but you could passion and hard work went into this, you know, building a railroad, building a complete set of a town from scratch, refurbishing a town. You know, having a real Gatlin gun, flipping a coach over, a lot, a lot went into this. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It was cool too that the steam train. They also said it was brought in pieces, so they had to assemble it <laughs> in its entirety as well. It has a lot of work. Yeah, definitely. Put into the to this movie, in a lot of different ways, each department. I know they made most of the cost, uh, most of the wardrobe, yeah. Right. And that's just insane. Yeah. <laughs> it looks yeah. gorgeous. So just, you know, in general, the set design for the western towns, very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, should we jump into uh, Alan Tudyk here yeah. as uh, Doc Potter, that scene? Mm-hmm. Did you guys have anything about that? Uh, no, not really. I know. I found it kind of funny how 
they did the whole like process of I wouldn't I wouldn't call it surgery, but the right. the removal of the bullet from yeah. from a uh, Byron, is the name? Byron. Yeah, Byron. Byron. Byron McElroy. Yeah. Yeah. By- Byron. Yeah. And I don't know. It was kind of funny how he was like, "What kind of doctor are you?" Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, and then you mentioned how it was nice to have, to have an actual conversation with one of his patients. Yeah, I thought that was a funny. Slowly zooms in on a diagram yeah. of a horse or yeah. something. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. it was that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it also this scene also shows how um, uh, Butterfield, yeah, um, is because he was very um, it was him holding the pan, the bullet for the pan or the pan for the bullet. Yeah, he's he was very squeamish. That. Yeah, <laughs> it, it kind of shows. Go ahead. Oh, he doesn't really maybe wait this will work get his hands dirty right i mean it, it totally shows that he's a businessman he works for the railroad and he mm-hmm. pays people to fix his problems like yeah he states it you know earlier we hear from butterfield he's the one who says they were not supposed to let this coach get robbed. that's why we pay them 18 yeah yeah dude you have no idea what they're going through you don't do anything. You just pay money and then think it should be immediately done. And it's like, but you don't probably even know how to fire a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, I mean, you, know. you didn't even see that with his um, wardrobe, which I think they did yeah. a good job with the wardrobe Again, on all the characters showing really, like uh, yeah. their social status. But also exactly. his is because uh, his his is like a like the closest thing you really get to like a suit back then for right. the west out in the west right. yeah um, he's got the suit i think he had like yeah. a bolo tie maybe yeah his is like he's untouched he's got his pocket watch too like, yeah, yeah. yeah there's no dust on it like mm-hmm. ben waits it looks like you know he's got money but yeah it still has like dirt dust and yeah yeah he, his is definitely doing stuff he's still in a gang and he goes <laughs> out in the country and does things Butterfield yeah. looks like he sits in an office all yeah polishing his pocket watch and it's like they show that he's got his railroad they show that insignia. a lot yeah. it looks perfectly polished and this whole thing looks like he's perfectly polished type of guy who wants to be very proper and not do those yeah he's definitely a time is money guy exactly because uh, they he's checking his watch a lot <laughs> exactly and that's you know, I like that too. That little detail about mm-hmm. he's a railroad. He's a business man. So he would man. be checking his watch all the time. Yeah. Because the railroad, the railroad running on time means money. money. Yep. So of course he would always be checking his pocket. Yeah, and I think the, I think the mo like the closest person to that level of like wealth, is Ben Wade, which you can't see yeah. with his outfit, like you said. But his, like you said, was, it it definitely shows that he is still a um get your hands dirty worker like his his suit is so nice his hat's probably the best appearance kept but he's covered in dirt he's covered in dust he's and then there's butterfield like pristine looks like he just stepped off the train from like some big city in new york that doesn't have like dust everywhere and exactly exactly um just one another note about the um the scene with Doc Potter, played by Alan Tudyk, I thought was was funny and also nice to actually see him in a role because he's 
I'd say more famous voice acting. Uh, you know, because he's K2SO. If you've seen Rogue One, or if you're going to watch Andor, you know, you'll hear him again. Uh, there's, he's got a lot of roles. Uh, voice acting roles in Disney films. I know he's in the Aladdin remake, the 2019 <laughs> film. He, he's in that. He's in iRobot with Will Smith, yeah. Transformers. Uh, he's in Maze Runner and plenty more. So a pretty big actor, yeah. but not one we see his face a lot. So that was nice that he actually what was, physically in this movie. What was especially uh, funny for uh, me, yeah, like funny for me, I guess, was that doing this, yeah, for why we watched the movie, but um, all the other times I've watched the movie, I never like, connected Alan Tudyk to a different role. Um, but then I instantly recognized him because I think like a week prior to this, we, um, I watched, um, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil yeah. with my family and he's in, he's one of the main roles in that. Uh, oh, I haven't seen that one. It's a, it's a funny movie. It's a, it's a horror comedy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I do like horror comedies. So yeah. I'll, I'll check that. Yeah. It's definitely a, it's a, it's a fun movie. Oh yeah, so here we go. Uh, back to a little bit what we were talking about earlier. I did see in the scene with Dan and Ben Wade talking in the bar, Dan does say he makes $2 for a day's work as a rancher. So it's when, when Ben Wade is paying him for the day's work and cattle he lost and all that. And it is 22 robberies with $400,000 lost. From ben Wade alone is what Buckfield says. Yeah, that is. Wow, <laughs> that's a crazy yeah. amount of money for back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even when they um, when he says, like when Dan says he'll go with him to deliver Ben Wade to Yuma. Uh, well, to the train to Yuma. Right. Uh, he says I'll do it for two hundred. And what what would this what was it? It was only a few days worth of work, and that's two hundred. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, I think they then. said it would be. Isn't this like movie over a three day span? Yeah, yeah, I, I think, think something so, like yeah. that. But Around like, there. what is that? Two hundred divided by three. <laughs> it's more than eighteen dollars. Yeah, way more. Yeah. But this is the most dangerous. Oh yeah, Probably. because the entire gang is looking for him. It will kill everybody to get Ben Wade back. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we learned what would happen to someone if they got caught transporting Ben Wade when oh, yeah. the people uh, who actually tricked the gang and the following them, I don't know, how, I think like 80 miles or something away from where Ben Wade was actually going, right. they, they eventually got caught and horribly killed. So Yeah. Uh, there was something I, I want to point out now, which will come up. Mm-hmm. later in my notes but when they capture ben wade in the bar of bisbee i believe it's tucker tucker walks up and, and removes ben wade's gun the hand of god mm-hmm. and ben wade looks at him and says be careful that gun has a curse on it so yes i wanted to point that out now I'll bring it up again yeah yeah, yeah yeah later but for now ben wade states out loud his gun has a curse on yes it. I think that's another thing that makes uh, Tucker very. Uh, he ma- makes him like obnoxious. Yeah, he's uh, arrogant. 
He's arrogant. He's very selfish. He literally shows up. He he didn't do anything to, if anything, the capture of Ben Wade would be like highly accredited to Dan for distracting him. Yep. Um, and then Tucker kind of like is like, all your stuff's mine now. Yeah. You no, know, he like his horse later on when they're at Dan's ranch. Yeah. Yeah. He takes Ben Wade's gun. He takes his horse. I mean, just, yeah. He's kind of asking for it. <laughs> and then, of course. Uh, and he burns Dan's barn down. Yeah. Of course, the. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course, the $200, <laughs> I guess, also comes at another risk because they hold Ben at Dan's ranch. <laughs> and that puts his entire family at risk. Yeah. Definitely. I will say, though, before they arrived at uh, Dan's ranch, I think that was smart. You know, the swapping mm-hmm. of Ben Wade out of the coach and putting one of the marshals in there. Yeah. You know, switching their hats, switching yeah, yeah. switching that out and making it look like the coach got stuck in a rut. That was uh, that little ditch. That was yeah. a pretty intelligent move and worked for a pretty good amount of time. It worked, yeah, it worked until they... <laughs> sniped them and then yeah. burned them alive yeah terrible way but, to you die. Know, at least it slowed him down which oh yeah by a lot too slowed him down by a lot but it's just it was crazy you look uh you see it in the foreground of the shot how close they were to mm-hmm. the fort they were trying to get to it was right there if they would have gone it looked maybe like 20 more miles or something they would have been in a fort that and then the gang never would have found out that it wasn't Ben Wade and never could have gotten into that fort no matter what. So Yeah, it would have been pretty and, much clean sailing to Yeah. Um to, uh, to yeah. honestly it could have been like it could have been just even more like I don't know. Less difficult if the guy being killed in the wagon just would have known, Hey, if I tell these guys what they want, I'm still gonna die. Yeah. He actually believed them. Yeah. There's nothing Shouldn't that you can do at that point. Which, I mean, I w- I'm pretty sure any one of us would have probably given them up because you got to hold on to any chance that they actually might let you live. Yeah, and that's what they want you to yeah. do. Yeah. Most people probably would have said something. Right. Of course, sitting there, you're like, don't say anything. They're obviously going to kill you. But yeah. In the moment, yeah. Yeah, you're about to be burned alive. Yeah. <laughs> you want to do anything you can yeah. to save your um so did anybody have anything about the dinner scene at the evans ranch uh uh no i didn't i just... think i think that it kind of shows another part of um ben wade's character where he is it even shows like a gentle side he's nice uh he's definitely like he's eating during grace yeah. Because he doesn't do, I mean, he obviously doesn't do that. Do but um, he still but, wanted to hear it. I don't know if that's like right. just him being smug or if that was. No, it's. I'm no, pretty it's sure. Yeah, though, you go. With Ben Wade, he um. You know he he doesn't seem like the type to say grace, but then I think at two or three points already in this movie he has exactly quoted a verse from the Bible different verses from the bible which mm-hmm. he does throughout the film. so it seems on some respect he is religious maybe he uses it in a skewed way like the first time we hear him say it it's in the bar in bisbee when he's talking about the gang member he had to kill he 
quotes a Bible verse there. And then or, he quotes one here as well. So he does memorize Bible. Yeah. And of course, like how name. when when his what his mother left him, she she told him to read the Bible right from front to back, or right. just keep reading until she came back. Right. And three days later, he'd finished the book front to back, yeah. and she'd never come back for him. Right. So that's probably where that connection yeah. with the Bible mm-hmm. and yeah yeah religion in general that's another uh reason ben wade probably doesn't like train stations because that's where his mom (laughs) left him yeah and of course his uh gun's name right hand of god hand of god (laughs) in some respect he believes in something (laughs) yeah i think um there was one thing uh that i i wanted to point out you know about how Ben Wade asked Dan Evans how he lost his leg. This dinner scene, mm-hmm. they, he brings that up. And it's just interesting to find out, you know, Dan says he was in the sharpshooters out of Linfield, Massachusetts. And he, you know, we know he served in the Union Army. He mentions, yeah. we know that he mentions that a little bit earlier in the Americans. And that was how he lost his leg. But I, I looked up that as well, the uh, second company, Sharpshooters, out of Linfield. And that was actually a real outfit as well So in the American Civil War. So if you go to Gettysburg, they are honored by a monument there. See one in Sharpshooters out of Linfield, Massachusetts. Hmm. Uh, very cool. So again, good uh, historical accuracy in the movie. You know, it's not constant it's not the whole movie but it's sprinkled in which is nice i i think uh that reminded me of something um back to uh butterfield and back to how like he's very business uh very form <laughs> formal i guess you'd say um when he's when they're in the bar and they just captured ben wade um or the hotel i guess it is too yeah um he says he when Dan asks to come along for two hundred dollars, Butterfield asks him, um, who he fought for, the North or the South, and then he says he fought for the for the North, and then he makes and then Butterfield makes a comment that they're Southern in name but Chicago owned, so it's fine that he comes along. Yeah. So that's like, it kind of shows that he cares about um appearances he cares about right. social standings yeah exactly which totally makes sense for a character like, like butterfield, butterfield. Yeah. like his stature you can tell mm-hmm. that's what matters to him his money and who you are and what you did and all that would make a difference to him yeah um yeah uh, so do you guys ready, we can yeah like we move on to sort of huh we can move on, you know, to the oh, yeah. actual travel past the dinner scene. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. So I guess since like those aren't like the most important parts of the movie, we can kind of put it into three little subtopics, I guess. Uh, Tucker dying, <laughs> right? And yeah. then, and then the attacks from I believe the Apache Native Americans, right. mm-hmm. and then. Uh, uh, 
uh, Byron being thrown off into the, the cliff, yeah. in, into the what canyon? I don't think, I don't think it was the canyon. I was off a cliff. Yeah. We know that. It was a cliff. Yeah, it was a cliff of some sorts, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can start with Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, pretty sure I can say for all of us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no one really cared. <laughs> well, well no, uh, it's I important mean, towards the story, but like. You know, he's you know, the first one to die, to and die. That, that matters, but, um, I mean, he's just a hate Yeah, character. you could probably argue that uh, it maybe wasn't exactly seen as coming. <laughs> I know the no. first time watching this, um, I wasn't like, oh, they're all going to be woken up because he's being stabbed in the throat with the fork, which, of course, they allude to, because you do see the scene when he hides yeah. the fork in his sleeve when no one's that, looking. That I think yeah. he's using... Um, like salt or pepper and he puts the fork mm-hmm. in his sleeve yeah yeah you know it's it's, it's on kind of on mr Butterfield. it's kind of on butterfield he was <laughs> he was the one watching well, him i mean it's kind of on all of them yeah really check before you left here if he had something mm-hmm. and check if like a, the knife or well, he didn't get a knife they didn't give him a knife <laughs> the fork looked sharper than a knife though dan had to cut his skin yeah so he doesn't they didn't give him a knife which was it's like it's like the fork's pretty sharp yeah they should have checked yeah gotten his fork back from him yeah of course those kind of forks tucker was singing that annoying song right irritating everyone even getting on dan's nerves and like talking up dan Dan that night yeah Yeah. (laughs) and like like him but he's just further instigating and no one really cared after he died no no one really no. cared um, about Byron either, really. No, like they in were the grand both bad, scheme of things. bad people. Yeah. But, you know, and that's the thing, again. Bring Ben Wade, like, he could have killed Dan. He, and Dan, Dan asked. Like, why didn't, Dan asked, like, why didn't you kill me or Field? And he's like, oh, I didn't really like Tucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's honest about it. He's like, he's not a great guy. Yeah, he really wasn't. He was, you know... They're so gonna they're kind of... hang me in the morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's like Benway just just he doesn't want to kill people who are nice who didn't do anything. They're just trying to do a job. Like they're not evil people. Tucker is. I mean Byron is. So that was, you know, something, something there. Um, and then yeah, we can move on. Mm-hmm. So when they're gonna go into the past because they see Ben Wade's know gangs coming back mm-hmm. yeah figured it out so they're coming back towards them so they want to cut through that pass which is apache land yeah up. yeah i think that shows a good thing uh ben wade definitely knows the area yeah. of course they can't really just go like i'm gonna go stay in the this hotel i'm gonna go back to my ranch house no they kind of like live out yeah. there they they know the area that's how they're able to get away yeah. with 20 over 22 well i guess he didn't get away with the 22nd one but yeah 21 stagecoach robberies <laughs> that's thousand yeah you four... can't stay wherever you want no yeah they know the area um yeah, definitely. but of course uh it's it is makes sense that they would think yeah you're just gonna cut us off if we go the long way <laughs> right exactly. so it was he yeah. was actually just trying to warn them because he doesn't want to die either <laughs> right yeah exactly so yeah but of course they go through because it's, i mean it's either you know it's a tough decision it's either go the long way and wade's gang's gonna catch you or go this way and you know 
maybe you'll get out. <laughs> maybe, yeah. So, yeah, and then I think um, there's a fight in here. I know yes. that, but so yeah, so that that was interesting too. That uh, Ben Wade, he saves the group. He saves he Dan. Saves, he saves from Dan. This yeah, yeah. He, we don't know how it would have gone down if it was Byron watching him piss. Well, Byron probably yeah, shot Byron him. Was, <laughs> Byron already dead at this point? Was he dead? Didn't Byron die before no. this? No, no, because Byron um hit him hit, hit uh Ben Wade with like the butt of his gun. Right. Yeah. Oh no, that no, that was before. That was that when was he killed Tucker. Tucker. When Tucker was dead, I think before this fight, this oh. fight, Ben Wade yeah. already was the son there. Byron. The sun was there, yeah. Yeah. The sun was there. Oh it's, it's yeah. What it is. yeah. No, I got mixed so up. Oh yeah. So Byron off the cliff, mm -hmm. and then that night the sun comes yeah. in. That day, and then his son comes. And then the sun comes. Logan Lerman, Dan's then, son comes. Yeah, holds him at gunpoint. Stops gun Ben Wade from leaving. Stops Ben Wade. So then they keep going, and then at night is when the gun. Uh, and yeah. that is when. Yeah. Ben saves Dan and the rest of the group. Yeah, because and I'm, yeah. I think in the long run, uh, I mean, Mr. Butterfield isn't the best guy, but it's more like he's very business. Yeah. He's very uh, business. He didn't actually go out and... I mean, no. do we even know if it was Butterfield that hired uh, Byron to kill all those Native Americans? I don't know if that's no. said. Butterfield I think it just said that he did kill those guys. Do I don't think Butterfield no. did that. They were just saying that Byron did it. Did it. Yeah. Um, but they didn't say Butterfield didn't hire him. No, anyway. I don't I don't think Butterfield Butterfield just hired him to bring the stage. He just coach. hired him to protect the coach. Yeah. Uh um, like again, Butterfield he's not He's not a bad guy. I don't know if he's a bad guy. People to do that. He just wanted to hire people to protect the railroad and protect the money. Yeah. Like that was the railroad's money. So he was trying to protect it. That was it. Yeah, that's his that's his wages. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, that's his that's wages his and money. his company's wages. That's his company's so, wages, yeah. So he gets paid. So, of course, that's all uh, he cares about. yeah. Whereas if uh, Tucker was still alive at that point, uh, uh, yeah. he probably would have just shot him. I don't know. Uh, I mean, definitely. He, he wouldn't but have, yeah. You tell. You can tell that Dan yeah, he didn't kill and him. Ben Wade have a certain respect for each other. Sort of like each other a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that grows... Oh yeah, that grows in the end. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Takes a lot for uh, yeah. a gang leader to kill their entire posse for one dude. Oh yeah, of course. But we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we can. Yeah, so I guess we can move it on. Mm -hmm. So I guess Ben Wade escapes. Yep. Still has his handcuffs on though. Yeah, because and then he Dan throws the keys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he escapes. He goes up to the uh, what's well, like the mining tunnel mm -hmm. area. Oh, they're building the railroad. Yeah. Is yes. that is that for the railroad? It's for the yeah, railroad. Yeah, yeah. Those okay. are railroad uh, um, guys as well. Oh yes, they, because when he leaves, yeah. like when they like get Ben Wade back, they see yeah. contemption and they see the right. railroad coming up to them. Yeah, it's an unfinished railroad track. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know Butterfield also knows the two guys that capture Ben Wade. He knows them. They work a with railroad employee to a certain extent. Yeah, to a certain extent. They're definitely the dirt they and grime part of the railroad. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was gonna bring that up too. 
about the Chinese railroad work. There's another, you know, bit of yeah. actual history in here. Uh, the Chinese made up the most, the majority of the workforce. In the 19th century, there was over two and a half million Chinese citizens that left their country and were hired in 1864 after a labor shortage threatened the railroad completion. Mm -hmm. So that was actually another bit of factual uh, piece in there, which which I like. Yeah, but, yeah, I definitely um, like when they throw historical things into. Yeah, we've gotten a few in this movie, which is nice. Um, so yeah, and then we see, you know, obviously we see Ben Wade captured by these railroad men, and one of them says the leader of this this group. He says that uh, Ben Wade killed his cousin or his brother. I believe it was his. I think it was brother brother i think it was brother. brother yeah it was brother and then ben wade talks about how his brother actually wasn't a good guy at all so yeah. then he, he like deserved to die and all that yeah yeah but then of course they they end up him. i guess saving ben wade technically yeah. but they're also saving him to bring him to his death so yeah <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah. saving him from being tortured from the electric yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> 1800s exactly. electric machine yeah and you know, that was but, nice to see um, Doc Potter. Potter. Yeah. You know, he's on this, and Doc Potter didn't even want to be there. He, just he was, he was dragged along because Byron was there. Got shot. So they said if Byron goes, the doctor has to come too. Yeah. <laughs> and so he actually was, and you could tell, like, you know, him, like Dan and Doc, and probably, um, what's that Dan's son's name? Oh, um, William. William. Yeah, those are kind of, you know, three probably most, like, wholesome and likable characters here. Yeah. And, uh, that was, you know, nice. Like, Doc actually stands up for Ben Wade in this in this situation. You know, he tells them it's... Yeah. Regardless and, uh, of how bad of a guy he is, you can't do that to him. Yeah, and Butterfield is just, once again, he's not really a bad guy. He's not on the same level as them. So you can't really yeah. compare those three to Butterfield that much because... William and Dan are definitely at the same um, yeah. level. And then Doc Potter is, he's a doctor, I guess. that has, I don't know how much higher standard than there was back then. Well, he's a, I don't know if he's a doctor, doctor, but he's a, well, he's, he's a veteran. <laughs> Vet, but still. Veteran. I mean, veterinarian. Veterinarian, yeah. Not but still, I mean, I just think he's. He's at the same humanity. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's not Charlie. <laughs> no. 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 That doesn't burn people definitely. alive. I think he was actually probably like one of my. He was definitely a top tier. Yeah. Character for me. Like it was oh, sad. <laughs> this next yeah. part coming up. This next. <laughs> yeah. yeah but which it was is... cool how we got to see you know Doc Potter actually take uh, do something. Initiative. You know he seems like a guy who. He doesn't really do much, and he he's not a gunfighter. He doesn't no. know how to do that. He's just there because they said he had to go. Yeah, he went, even when they said it, he looked at him. Yeah. He's like, "What? I have to come?" Yeah, he kind of like, he seemed like a guy that went with the flow of what was happening around him. Exactly. Like they walked in and were like, "Get this bolt out of this guy," and he was like, "All right, <laughs> I'll do it because I got okay. to. I'm the doctor." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then he takes but the shovel. He hits him with the shovel. Hits the dude in the he face. Was, yeah. It was cool how how like how excited about us. I know. It was so, on horses. I know. 
he was literally in the middle of talking about how he was he was like did you see that i did that and then he got shot i know that was that was like that was a sad scene i mean i say aside from dan's death this is the saddest moment in yeah. this movie is, is potter's doc potter's and dan's death doc potter and dan's death parts of this one yeah no yeah um, the comparison yeah, of but... tucker and byron they don't <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, those people were horrible. Yeah. tucker terrible yeah but uh oh yeah guess... we see um and then after so they escape oh, yeah. and i was gonna bring up the uh you know just this chase scene Again, was was really well shot, and oh, yeah. uh, done really well, and the stunts were great. And so, I, I was gonna mention that too, that overall in this movie, there were very little visual effect. In the video we watched about the making of Pretend and Yuma, um, I'd say like I think they said like ninety eight percent of this film was a practical effect like even this chase yeah that's even the explosion where they throw the dynamite yeah i think the only only visual effect in this movie is when ben wade throws a stick of dynamite and dan shoots it and it explodes they did blow dynamite up but they enhanced the explosion with cgi but that's the only visual effect the rest of it's all real that's cool. And it's funny because in the movie, even though the explosion is obviously like bigger than what I imagine a dynamite explosion to be, it still looks realistic and believable if you've never yeah. been around dynamite, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. I haven't either. I mean, so. he had a whole bundle of dynamite. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Either, so, I, yeah. Mine shaft. Yeah, and the, oh, yeah. the whole thing, like, that was definitely a smart thing. They couldn't follow him after that. I just remember like how much that would suck for the um, because those guys that they got away from don't gotta rebuild that. Yeah, it's gonna be the Chinese workers. <laughs> We're gonna have to deal with it now. Yeah, but uh, I guess to yeah. end off this scene, if you guys don't have any more little. I mean, thoughts. I have one thing, but you yeah, can do yours. yeah. You no, can no, do yours first. go ahead. Oh. No, no, I was gonna, I was gonna end off and lead into the next yeah just just one more thing before we go too far away from this so i know we we see the rest of ben gang fight up after this event of the uh, tunnel collapse and we already see workers trying to clear it and charlie prince rides up and he sees the two railroad workers and he sees the hand Mm -hmm. of god ben wade's pistol on one of them he's got ben wade's gun and they ask if he saw him come through there, and they reply no. And obviously he sees his, so he knows they're lying. Mm-hmm. So then obviously it's off screen, but Charlie Prince Death. and Ben going to kill those two guys as well. So yeah, bye bye Luke Wilson. <laughs> yeah, goodbye Luke Wilson in your ten minute uh, cameo. Yes, <laughs> of a not so, yeah. good moral character. Luke yeah, Wilson but... also held the hand of hand of God. Yeah, yeah. That that kind of leads back to like how. The, the hand of God is cursed. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to get to that later. Hold, hold off on that one. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. Let, me, let me get to that one later. All right. Yeah, it was just like a... No, like, I got something yeah. about that. But yeah, but, so, uh, that was all mine. We can we can continue. Yeah, no. Like, I, that's what I was going to say, too. I was going to bring up the gang coming up. And after they've escaped and gone to contemption, which then kind of just leads us straight into the final act, sort of. 
where they're in conception yeah. waiting for the, the train. Yeah. And that's yeah. when the gang shows up right outside of their hotel mm -hmm. that, 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 that they're staying in, camping out. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this was, there. you know, this was a great, just a great bit of, uh, of scenes here mm -hmm. and kind of letting, letting Dan and, and Ben Wade talk more and mm -hmm. just interact a little bit more and also, you know, getting to see just, we've had so much action and so much travel throughout the film to this point there hasn't been an overwhelming amount of dialogue which don't get me wrong the action scenes were great and the story still progressed i don't yeah. think that took away from it but it's nice to have this bit of lull time here mm -hmm. he before draws the in. train arrives and he draws which we find out. yeah yeah in a bible <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which we find out later on after yeah yeah uh yeah and then <laughs> I think in that, like, of course, there's uh, Ben Wade has character development from the very beginning that he's seen on the hill drawing the bird mm -hmm. um, to now. There's, of course, there's a lot. But then in this last bit of the movie, they, like, ramp it up, but it's not, doesn't feel rushed. Right. Like, the whole yeah, thing. Like, like, a... like, they're being followed, yeah. they're being shot at, and then they're just, like, sharing, like, like personal details about themselves yeah and it flows it's it's not yeah. like i'm this i'm, I'm this i'm this. Well, they're running it's it's not like they're just yeah. throwing out personal details and it's like look they they right. became better characters no right it's well and, and thought what out. I, one i one thing i really liked that dan and ben talk about i mean they talk about a lot of things that show their development as friends but something that really solidified them as friends for me was when dan is talking to ben and he says i don't want you to think that i'm stubborn and he goes what are you talking about and he says you asked me why I stay on the dying land you know ben's land or i mean yeah dan's land mm -hmm. ben says earlier in the film why do you stay on this land you should get out of here and go somewhere nice and take your family somewhere nicer than this and he says, I'm on this dying land because of his son, his younger son, has tuberculosis. Mm -hmm. And the doctor said he would die if they didn't have a drier climate. So yeah. Dan was telling Ben, he's like, I don't want you to think I'm selfish. I did this for my son so he could survive. Yeah, yeah. So and it's just kind of like showing that he trusted him enough yeah. to tell him that. And yeah, up to ben this. Ben actually respected it and he's just trying to do what's right for his family. And I think that also adds into the why he willingly was going there. Um, yeah, that's why he's willing yeah. to help. Because he knows help. everything that Dan does is for, for others. Family. Yeah. He just wants to do right by them. So. I think another uh, fun, like uh, another funny thing, like kind of funny thing, is when they're uh, they're being shot at in the. Um, what's it called the like the train booth oh right you know i don't yeah does anyone know the actual name uh the station the station yeah, booth but it's like station. what the person that conducts, yeah like, like when the, the train should stop there, or whatever yeah. yeah right right yeah yeah whatever there they're like laying down in there and they're getting shot at they're sitting across from each other and then um ben wade mentions how he's escaped yuma multiple times already yeah and then and then dan's like wait what <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, he's like, as long as we're confessing things. And I think he said he's escaped... Twice, I think. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. Because they tried that... to do this to him before, and he always escapes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's pretty funny. But it, it doesn't matter for Dan, because the only... You know, he likes Ben at this point, and realizes he's not such a bad guy. He just... And also... All he, all his deal with Butterfield was to get him on the train. He escapes the matter. Yeah, and I think that in the end is why he willingly goes on the train, uh, so Dan could get his two hundred dollars for three days no, work. Well, before train. the actual like uh, final chase, not, not like chase scene, but like right. like gunfight scene, mm -hmm. like they're running to the train. Yeah, yeah. He does, he does make that deal with. Uh, yeah, he makes a different deal with yeah. Butterfield, where water will flow on his land. Plus a thousand dollars. Oh yeah, plus a thousand dollars, and Hollander can't like can't stop do anything. Yeah, flowing on his land. He made sure Butterfield would would do all of that. And yeah, like, and that was after Ben Wade right. offered him a yeah. large amount of money to yeah. just let him walk. Yeah, yeah. Like what well, I felt like when watching that final like gunfight sort of scene. It felt like I was like just watching another one of those old timey westerns, but just kind of I don't know, just I'm not I I, I want to say better quality, but that's kind of just what it was. It was just like yeah, it was like a like the western gunfight of your dream. You're like right. running away from the bad guys as you like yeah, this, as you, you just know. hit those really nice. Uh, shots of the pistols and yeah people I mean, like you know, this choreography scene, everything this scene like i said earlier with, you know with an actual set that was was hand built completely constructed from the ground up was great I, you know i love how you know towards the that last stretch when they're running through buildings that aren't fully built yet you know they oh, yeah they have the the support system is built but you can still see them running through it, mm -hmm. which was really cool. It was just a great set design, costume design, great choreography, stunts. I mean, everything about this entire chase sequence is perfect. I don't think they could have done anything better there. Yeah. Yeah, and I I really do like how they made Ben Wade obviously like doesn't really want to want to go to prison in the beginning of that chase scene right. but halfway through he takes down dan by taking advantage of his leg i believe yeah and like making him just unable to get up kind of right and he has the per 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 perfect opportunity to let dan live and just leave with, with his gang yeah but instead he he of his own accord helps dan get up and just kind of guides him to the train yeah and it's and like obviously like obviously his gang members don't really notice like what's happening right like during that gunfight scene yelling boss to yeah and waited the entire time because he's so confused yeah so i just thought it was like really cool how and then like in in the train booth like kieran had mentioned he that's when he kind of like just just kind of commits to I'm going yeah. to Yuma for you. I'm like I'll yeah. I'll help you out. And we really see that Dan and, and Ben are truly friends. I think this final sequence is really when that that they care about each other to a certain. 
Yeah, and that's um, why, like, the ending where, where yeah. Dan, where I, well, I guess where Ben climbs in the train in, right. the, in the cage and he turns back around to start talking to Dan. He's like, you did it. I'm in, I'm in the train now or something like that. Yeah. And then he gets we shot in the back, like, yeah. probably, like, five times or something. Yeah. I did that, want then, to say one thing yeah. before we get too too far into that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just during the huge gunfight, one of the gang members walks up Charlie, and he says, looks like we're not going to get to use the Schofields. So I looked into that, and that's there's the Schofield revolver. And that was actually the pistol that was used by jesse james so another real weapon real bit of uh, history that was in the movie that they just a brief mention again attention to detail that someone walks mm-hmm. and it's literally a four second line of too bad we didn't get to use the schofields but it's just something that i yeah noticed this time yeah so yeah and then we can move we can move on to um you know, William, he sends the cattle across and oh, distracts yes. uh, Charlie and the rest of the gang members, which is funny because that is what Ben Wade does to the stagecoach with Dan's cattle in the beginning of the film. So then Dan's son uses that same trick here. And, uh, yeah, like you were mentioning before, uh, you know, Ben Wade finally getting on the train and he says, shoots Dan about six times. Yeah. Like that. That, yeah. Just and, um, unloads the whole six shooter. Yeah. I really like here how the train, the sound effect of the train, that steam engine, you hear it slow down. Mm-hmm. And as if that were Dan's heartbeat slowing down as he's dying. Yeah. Oh, the train yeah. and Dan are kind of their sound effect of a heartbeat and a train are mm-hmm. linked here. I really liked that that use of sound. And then, of course, when Ben gets out of the train, right. that scene where yeah. it's so it's so obvious that Charlie sees him like looking at Dan, yeah. sees how he reacts. He hands ben, Dan, or he hands Ben his pistol, the hand of God, uh-huh. back. So Charlie yeah. gives that back to him, and we see how just angry Ben Wade is that he yeah. killed Dan. You know, it, in this scene when he kills all of his gang members it really shows that ben wade really didn't like any of his gang members and actually liked dan yeah that was yeah, like that, the real sure. turning point you see it just how angry he is and that he kills them all but that was my last my last note about the hand of god and mm-hmm. how ben wade says in the very beginning when he touches it that this gun is cursed Everyone who's not Ben Wade who touches his weapon dies. Dies. Killed. So there is a curse on this weapon. It seems he didn't lie. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. Because everyone we see that has it that's not Ben Wade is killed. Yep. I think that also. Yeah. Um. I think the scene is very well shot when it's uh, on Charlie's face and he gets the realization in his face that like yeah uh he's about to get a pistol drawn on him by yeah. his leader and he is going to kill yeah. him if yeah. he does not turn around and is faster than the fastest yeah 
I mean, that was great acting, I'd say. You know, just great acting with no dialogue, nothing being said. You can just see it. Mm-hmm. You can see the fear in... Uh, who's the actor who played Charlie Prince? Uh, ben, ben Foster. Foster. Yes, you can see the fear in Ben Foster's face mm. and the anger in Russell Crowe's face. Yeah. It was just great acting there by both yeah. of them. Yeah, I think it's good because um, that is really the only thing that uh, Charlie fears is is Ben Wade because even throughout the movie, he's always saying, like, uh, do you know who you're talking to right now? That's Ben Wade or whatever. Wade. yeah like yeah. he puts Further him into such a high authority yeah. he's like a high authority figure for this guy yeah, exactly. um so the f- it really is the only thing he fears because even in this like they they stroll the whole gang into town like no fear on the marshal no fear on anything like they just go in right. like they're not even like that's a prison train they, yeah. they they couldn't have known if some prison guard was gonna right open fire on him but he there's just he has like ben. he is feared charlie is feared yes. and the only thing he fears is ben ben wade yeah, yeah. exactly because yeah, like the second the gang funny. showed up the the guy that took yeah. ben into the train car just ran like he i don't know he just yeah. disappeared he just There's went back into the train car <laughs> yeah what, what's he gonna do like shoot five what was it what was it three dudes how many i don't remember he, he shot his entire gun. Yeah, shot six yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I think he shot his whole gun. Yeah. He shoots whatever's left. He shoots six people mm-hmm. because I know the second time he shoots Charlie, yeah. he pulls Charlie's gun out of his, his holster and shoots him one more time with that because his gun was. Yeah. So, it's really the only guy that could have done that is Ben Wade. Is Ben Wade? He's the only one fast enough. No, yeah, to take on all those guys at one time yeah. and win. And then, of course, um, yeah. Charlie. That was the only thing he feared was yeah. Ben. Ben. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, if, you know, that's great. Again, yeah. furthering the respect that Ben has for Dan and mm-hmm. his family. He steps back on the train. He gives one last to Dan like, and his son before he goes, steps back on the train, hands his gun over, and, and goes. And Butterfield sees it, so he knows he has to deliver the and give Dan's family the money and the water flowing on his land. Yeah. And then the last bit of Ben Wade whistling and his horse following the train <laughs> is great because you don't want him to be hung. You don't want him to go to prison after the act he just yeah. did for Dan. Mm-hmm. He's course. actually a good guy. So you know he's... He's not done. You know he's bad, but you still want him to get out. Yeah. So, and you yeah. know that's nice, like, oh, well... You know, Dan died, but at least Ben will get away again. Yeah. I mean, hey, he's not he's not wanted in Mexico, so that's true. <laughs> you can go to Mexico <laughs> with the bartender from Bisbee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, did you guys have anything funny. else to just no to uh, wrap up the actual movie? Because I have some credits. All right. Yeah. Then you can oh, yeah, no, you can do that. I don't have anything else to say. All right. Uh, just my one thing for the credits is since i mentioned at the beginning i loved the music so much throughout this whole film you know it's a great opening theme closing theme throughout the movie though the music was just very done so i I wanted to see who did that and so the score was done by marco beltrami 
so I looked into his filmography, and he's done a lot of movies. And I mean, here we see he did a great job with the music, but a lot of scale movies. So to name off some, he's done the entirety of the Scream. Oh wow! He did the Fear Street franchise on Netflix. If you guys watch that show, I love that one. Is he good. did the A Quiet Place franchise. He has worked with James Mangold another time after 310 to Yuma on Ford versus Ferrari. He did that. He did two of the Die Hard entries. He did Blade 2, Knowing, Free Solo, World War Z, The Hurt Locker, uh, iRobot. So he's also worked with Alan Tudyk. Uh, he did Warm Bodies, The Shallows, another Mangold-directed film, Logan, uh, The Fantastic Four, Terminator 3, The Omen, Hitman, Agent 47, and Hellboy are the ones I listed here. And he did plenty more than that. So this Just guy's got quite a rap sheet. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> um, obviously, James Mangold likes him. They've worked together three times on movies. So. And then I, uh, this movie was uh, nominated for Academy Award for Best Music, Original Score, uh, uh, Critics' yeah. Choice Movie Award for Best Score. Mm. So I, there's yeah, only nominations, but to get that yeah. high, I mean, yeah, it's, it's quite impressive. And especially for a Western, Westerns don't usually get nominated. Yes, yeah, especially for a Western that's not 19. Yeah. Well, I mean, the original was 1957. I yes, I believe so. And of course, uh, oh, yeah. another good other Western way. is The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. Ah, uh, right. Yeah, there's definitely other great. Oh, there's plenty there's just, more. But for me, it's mostly action movies. In my honest know. opinion, kind of diving into that, you know, just with, just with the set design and the acting and mm-hmm. the music and just everything that went into this. I don't say this very often, but I think this is a completely perfect film that I would change nothing about, and I would give this a 10. That's pretty rare for me. Yeah. But that's just nothing I would change. And this, since the first time I saw it, and I don't think it's ever going to change, because that was, I mean, around the time that it came out, or, you know, a few years after, but this has been my favorite Western ever since I saw it, and I don't think that's ever going to change. It's honestly, there's nothing to change about this movie. It's my favorite Western by far. And yeah, just 10 out of 10. Yeah, it really uh, is. Good. And yeah. um, this, I think it was 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. which is yeah. quite high. Um, yeah. How I would, I mean, I'd put it higher than 89. Yeah, I mean, I would give it it's, 100%. Yeah, and I know I, I, I briefly skimmed at him and, um, like I didn't deep dive into all the reviews because there's like I think there were like 200 something of them, yeah. uh, and there but some of the rotten ones are like, uh, this movie is dull and deeply unnecessary, and it's like, yeah, it's a, it's based off there's it's based off of an original movie that I came out I guess the book's original and then the movie, and then this is a remake of the movie, yeah. So it's like. And I bet 
not a lot of people are gonna like more people will probably sit down now and watch this 2007 movie rather than 1957 i mean uh, definitely i definitely want to sit down and watch the classic at some point yeah just to compare the two i know this one um probably has better cinema cinematography just for the time right the time 50 years later <laughs> the time and also just with a director like james mangold who obviously Mm -hmm. prides himself on putting together great cinematography you know we see that in this we see that in logan we see that in ford versus ferrari Mm -hmm. stunts and cinematography and music are obviously something that's important and also just getting great actors in his films because he always does and you know again we saw him use christian again Ford versus Ferrari, because funnily enough, he also dies in that movie <laughs> with James Mangold just killing Christian Bale. But uh, no, but either way, it's just James Mangold and yeah, and photography. I know uh, another uh, rotten review that I thought was just really stupid was like the movie is very solid and has good like craftsmanship. Uh, yeah. but it had a dreary name and that's why they gave it a rotten score they didn't like the name of it and I thought really? the name's perfect uh, I guess uh, it didn't have a uh, sexy enough title for them yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't really I couldn't think of a better name <laughs> I mean it sums up it sums the up the premise the whole thing is to get him to to the 310 to Yuma <laughs> that's they the whole drive of the thing they're doing this whole plot so yeah I don't know that's kind of a crazy review in my opinion yeah um so yeah i guess just um unless you guys had something else to say about the movie or the credits i had a question for you both all right let's wrap up here uh just thinking about the upcoming indiana jones Mm. after watching this movie and other movies that you may have seen from director james mangold are you excited about about Indy Five with him at the yeah. helm? Yeah, I I really wonder what yes, direction yeah. this is. Like, I what year does this take place in? Like, does it take place? Um, uh, I think it's in the sixties. The sixties. So, is there gonna be like? Yeah, sixties. Because the the fourth Indiana Jones was in the fifties. Remember? Is there gonna it be was... like a pre Cold War like um, aspect yeah. to it? Like, I really like because I know in the first the it was Nazis. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, I know they're doing flashbacks. Oh, okay. Nazis, but it's also going to be taking place in the '60s, you know, in the current times. So, yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, it's of course it's a, you know, it's a Lucasfilm Disney venture, so it's very <laughs> secretive. Nothing gets oh, out. Yeah, no, we're not yeah. going to know anything. But yeah. overall, I'm just excited that James Mangold is running this one. You know, Steven Spielberg did a great job. Mm-hmm. Even with the fourth one, I know it got some flash, but I still enjoyed it because mm-hmm. it's nostalgic. Wasn't my favorite. Indiana Jones. But that first, you know, original trilogy is amazing. Uh-huh, so yeah. That's yeah, the Spielberg. first trilogy is just something else. Yeah, and it's yeah. hard, you know, it's hard to replace a name like Steven Spielberg, but I think Definitely. they did a good job picking James Mangold. I think he'll do it justice for sure. Yeah definitely agree with that but maybe we can review that one in mm-hmm. a future episode once that comes out or we'll potentially a, uh, a trailer when the trailer drops oh, yes. or indie 5 we can review that on here. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, sounds good. Then are we all? Are we yeah, all? Yeah. I think we're all you set here. All. Yeah. All righty. Thank you for listening to copious content. We all recommend giving three ten to Yuma, even if you've seen it already, like we have. Uh, but this is just our opinion. So, what's yours?